Welcome to Living Well with Rentwell, the podcast for anybody who's thinking about getting into real estate, in real estate, and wants to take their game to the next level. I'm your co-host, TJ Hawk. And I am your co-host, Rob Coldwell. All right, everybody, Rob Coldwell here, Living Well with Rentwell, soon to be rebranding to from property management and development to financial and inner freedom. I'm here with my man, Michael McManus. Funny story. A few years ago, Michael reached out with this company called McManus Holding Group. And my team got the inquiry and said, this looks like a scam, um, but we thought you should see it. And I'm like, that's definitely a scam. No, I'm kidding. I knew what you were up to, brother. Good, good to have you here. We're going to explain how we met. Yeah. And and what you've been doing in the short term space, but also like the creativity that you bring to it and some and some really cool things that I've learned. So certainly not a scam. We've had a nice uh, uh, productive relationship over these years. Michael's one of his companies does Airbnb short term rental arbitrage, which is where you have a landlord, you 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 sign a lease, you you agree to a certain amount of rent for them, and then he turns around with his team and does short term rentals. Yeah, and that's good that. to see you, my man. Loving the hair, loving the background. Is that a is that an is that real or is that um, this is real? This is my my studio at home. Yeah, I wish I had a space like that. Look at that. You could have. Do you play the piano? I do a little bit, but not well. I do it uh, privately and for fun. That looks like a pretty, pretty legit piano. It's, we painted it white, as you as you know, white is a favorite color of ours. Um, yeah, so someday I'll take lessons, but not today. All right. Yeah. So speaking of white. <clears throat> So this is a, one episode in a series. This is the first one. And what we're focusing on is the short-term rental space, the one to 30-day locations, legalities, finishes, and operations. And here's what I – here's here's been the results so far in working with, with uh, McManus Holding Group. So we have some rentals. Some of you know they're in Montgomery County. And Michael reached out a few years ago and basically created a win-win where we rent him some of our apartments. He turns around, f- cleans them up, furnishes them, and then, and then you rent them on the short-term space. Yeah. Right? And, and he politely would say, Rob, I love the gray that you do. We use a color called popular gray with white trim. He said, for the next one, bro, just hand it to me with white walls. I said, that that's simple enough. We we can do that. Save a little bit on on paint and cutting in. So I'm going to jump right into these finishes. You would not recommend that across the board for all the short term spaces, but can you kind of help us out with why you would choose that for that type of apartment and how it might be different for other types of apartments? Because and and feel free to go into you know some of your background as a designer and the and the and the, and the team you have with your wife because. We'll get a link to to some of the inventory that you have, and you you guys do. I just want to say a phenomenal job in staging these and setting these up, and it, it it's legit. So I hand yeah. it over to you, my friend. Yeah, no, thanks, man. Um, I mean, I, I think white it it actually is pretty safe. Gray is the safest, right? Because you can do a lot with that, and it's not 
as sterile, but I think because we are creatives and we like to bring color into space physically, that just having a blank canvas was the best way to go. Um, and an easy way to set ourselves apart from like the local competition that we were looking at. So when you're at in a non-tourist destination, um, like Montgomery County, you you want to find ways to stand out and you realize quickly that most people that are on Airbnb are just like homeowners who are renting out their place when they're going away or it's like a, a spare room, like an in-law suite, whatever. So it's like all very homey and like, which can be very good, but it also means that it's typically not thought out from a design perspective, nor the perspective of a guest coming in and enjoying the experience. So that's why we liked white. But if we were, you know, down the shore or in like, uh, you know, the forest somewhere, we could bring in warmer tones and we can really play with that and then use that as kind of the inspiration for the stuff we're bringing into the space. But our furniture and the art on the wall, which a lot of the art on the wall was created by my wife and my children. Um, and I think my wife and I only did one one piece together, but it's like colorful and we're, we're kind of like adding that personal touch. And we mention it, you know, in our listings too, that people can say like, okay, this isn't just like some random factory, you know, big company coming in. This is just a, a local family who's just trying to do something really nice, provide a good experience. Love that. So the distinction of like I heard uh, professionalism. I heard, I heard like it's clean. It's 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 run as a business, but it's not co- It's it's it, it's more. It's not cookie cutter. And you're you've made the distinction in how you've set up these. Uh, these are apartments that we've done, and that. It's not basically in somebody's house. You're in the in-law suite. Because when I think of those short-term rentals, and I've stayed in those short-term rentals, I never know what I'm getting. Like, I, there's no – it's like you said, it's an afterthought. And you designing it this way and then portraying it on the photography is like, no, no, no. We, we, this is almost purpose-built right. as a short-term rental, and you're going to enjoy your stay there. Right. Even, even like, like avoiding personal items. Like you don't have, there's no like locked closet with personal things. Cause a lot of people with vacation homes do that, which is, is fine and has its own place. But to go in and be like, this is a move in ready apartment. You know, I have some nice decor. I just bring my stuff. You know, it's, it's like having that hotel experience basically, but more secluded and personal. Got it. Yeah. So we mentioned for the for the listeners that don't know this where where we have direct experience with this is is in a town called Royersford. This is a town if you look up it's four thousand people. It's quite small. There is you would not think I was not thinking short term rental there to to begin with. Yeah. And what we agreed upon was basically a fifteen to twenty percent premium on market rent that your company would pay you guaranteed a 12 month lease we said we had the gentleman's agreement like hey look if 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 the first 6 months aren't doing well like yeah. we're going to work we're going to unwind some of this yeah. and and that allowed us to do a few units together so it works for the investor and the landlord because they're getting a slight premium on their rent mm. we this particular building has 
direct access from the street and from parking, right? So that's nice. It's not dealing with a common area and, and, and coming across other tenants. How has it, so let's use the base rent of, let's say, 12, like, let's say $1,200 for a one bedroom that you then turn around and rent for, let's say, $1,400. What does that process look like for people that maybe aren't thinking of this outside of the vacation? I think everybody's thinking short-term rentals at the beach, mm. in the mountains. Uh, you know, there's usually water involved, right? The yeah. Vacation resorts. We're talking about infill sites, neighborhoods. How have the results been for for you in terms of financials? So it, it definitely is going to vary um, in times of you know, different times of year. So we have like January and February are typically slower. Um, the fall and holidays really bring in a lot of people, and that was probably one of the bigger surprises because going into Roseford was a, a gamble of sorts because even though the numbers that that we saw uh, gave us confidence we were still realistic with the fact of where we were and what it is. And I still question myself why people come uh, mm. to Roseford, but um, you know, it, it, we've had months where, you know, we've made $2,000 profit. Um, so I think as a whole, when you project out the whole year and you look back, you, you see that there is a, a pretty good chunk of a wiggle room, but then, we just have to make sure that as we're going through the year, when we have our really good months, we just we keep that keep that there. Wow. When the month might be slower, or we might have an unexpected repair, or having to replace a piece of furniture, get new linens, whatever, and just try to be conservative. Um, so it definitely it, it varies, but I think as long as you have a really good listing and you are at the top of the competition around you, then you have a good chance of, of making it worth your time. Yeah. And then, and then, so what, how we would work this is we would hand you over a fully renovated apartment. Yeah. And now we make the walls white. Then you would come in and stage it yeah. and do all the photography. You'd have a cleaner lined up. You'd have the linen service and all those things worked out. Am I right in saying it was like between a five to $7,000 investment Yeah, I th to get each one? So this is like a one or two bedroom apartment that that's about what the financial energy was to get these set up. Yeah. I would say six to seven is probably a little bit more accurate. Um, it also, but that's also us being uh, careful of our spending because we could have easily gone over that if we wanted to get, you know, even better quality furniture. So it's kind of that balance between getting stuff that's going to last, but, but stuff that you're not going to, you're not buying for yourself and you want to last 20 years. Okay. You know, so and are you physically setting it up and not including your hourly wage, or is there a, is right, there a hybrid all, in there? That, yeah, there, we do everything ourselves. So we okay. we go in, we come up with ideas, think about colors, and then we just hit the internet and we start doing research, looking for pieces, kind of get the main big pieces in the room, and then start kind of filling in the gaps from there. So it's a pretty tedious, um, you know, approach up front. But then what gets easier over time is is the little things like we know in every kitchen, you're going to have the same thing. So we already have those lists figured out. So it's, that's the easy stuff. It's more the the bigger furniture and the art on the walls and the rugs that are going to make the difference. Yeah. I've had some friends over the years that have that Amazon shopping list that literally they press order when they're rolling out a new yeah. apartment and it just, and then it's just a lot of, uh, 
forget what they're like taskers, like, like that come and oh, yeah. assemble the furniture and, um, you know, set up all that. So, okay. So in terms of location, we're doing this in a, in a, in a, in a smaller town mm. and it's, it's, it's working. I mean, you're not retiring on these, no. right? I mean, there, I, there's individuals that can be making $20,000 a month cash flow on some of these, yeah. uh, short, short-term rentals. So, our experience has been more, this is a suburb play, and that's part of what this series is. It's saying there's a spectrum of residential rentals out there, right? That same apartment that could be short-term rental, could be more medium-term rental, right, for traveling nurses. Let's say that's a pretty that's a pretty common one. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're near hospitals, there's some families, that, you know, God bless them, that need, you know, uh, they need three to six months depending on what's going on with their family members. And then it gets into traditional 12 month, there's subsidized housing, there's, there's insurance claims and that type, right? So we were fortunate, at least in Royersford, they did not have any special hoops to jump through in terms of legalities. No. Absolutely, if you're in Philadelphia right now, or if you're in these other cities, or if you're by the lakes, the, the, the Poconos, that was not a threat for us. Yeah. It is a threat, though, if it's not defined, right? Because if they haven't defined it yet, right, yeah. that becomes an issue. So uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add in terms of the legalities that you've seen from your experience that people wouldn't be thinking of? Well, I think you you mentioned it, which is like if there is nothing defined, you have to be willing to take that risk. Um, but sometimes they give you lead time before having to make the the adjustment. Um, but like, you know, it was easy to stay with Philly because every other week they're saying something different and ultimately they want to, they want to push everyone out. Um, so for me, I, I just did the research ahead of time, saw that it was allowed. And then that was enough, like it was decided upon. So I don't have the bandwidth um, or, do I want to invest in, you know, lawyers or anyone to try to help me kind of fight or navigate that? So that made it a lot easier in addition to geographically being close to us so that we could easily go and set up furniture and deal with an issue if our team couldn't, you know, you know, because we had a call, uh, I think it was like the week before Christmas and one of the uh, uh, smoke detectors was beeping. And in your one apartment, your ceilings are like 12 feet tall. So it was an older woman and she's like, I can't go get it. And I'm like, I got you. Came over, bought a ladder and it was like, no problem. She was happy. We got a five-star review. She wasn't afraid for her life and she could sleep. So that's, you know, that's another benefit. Got it. So now we're getting into operations. Mm. Right. The last thing I'll say though for legalities is we'll, we'll put it in the show notes one of Rentwell's clients that we manage some multifamilies for has some high performing, like build to short term rentals in the lakes in Pennsylvania mm. and really doing well there. Very smart individual, right? Pharma exec. And he says that there's case law out there that's basically saying these municipalities are not going to for long, if you have enough money to fight it, prevent you from doing what you want with your own home. Okay. Is 
So uh, we'll add that to the show notes. There was, you know, somebody did spend the money to fight it and, and it was in the landlord's favor. This is still America. If you want to rent your, your property out for a night, if you want to rent it out for 10 years, you have the right to do that. Who, who, so not getting into what's right or wrong. There is no right or wrong. It's going to be what up, what's up to the municipality and those leaders to decide. And then we'll also do a guest on Philadelphia to get the latest and greatest there. I happen to be looking at a joint venture that involves some short-term rentals that it's just, here's what I like. So you might say like, why, Rob, why are you even doing this with all these apartments and all these other ways to rent? I like the diversification of these, right? I think that they're good for small towns because my guess is if you're coming in to visit, you're not filling up that refrigerator and making all your own food. You are eating out in the local town, right? Maybe you're doing some shopping. You're you're more of a tourist mindset. Maybe you're exploring. Maybe there's the Susquehanna River there where right down the street, you can rent a kayak and go kayaking. And I like to bring the mix into the towns that we are investing in. And they're super nice, super clean apartments Yeah, that the risk from a landlord with a good operator like like you – I don't, I don't, it's not on my, uh, I can't fall asleep at night list because I'm thinking about how you're going to leave me the apartment in the future. However, I have very close friend who tried this. It, it happened to be in an area of Philadelphia with not a solid operator and it turned really, uh, it didn't, it didn't end well, no. didn't do the right, you know, it was like the kind of the party house and lots of holes in the wall and all that. And he just had to. Uh, stop those operations. So how are you operating these? Are there any hacks that you can share with the listeners? You have, you have multiple other business facets going. So usually when you want something done, you give it to the busy guy. How do how does your team, like what sets you apart? What are some nuggets or pearls you can share with the listeners? I mean, the Airbnb business is simple, which is helpful, Right. You just, once you set up all the automations through the app, and we also are listed on VRBO and booking.com and run everything through a different piece of software. So it all communicates with each other. So a lot of that is automated and we just have to keep an eye out for, you know, messages that come in that are weird questions or things that aren't already being shared. So we have, we have a team who's there to respond, um, basically 24 hours. Um, but I still get messages. So if I want to respond quicker or I happen to have a second, I could do it. So it is a bit like we're, we're not, I guess like the best way to think of it is like we're a mom pop operation, right? So it's, it's not like, Oh, that's not my job. It's let's chip in and work together to, to make this happen. So that's not necessarily, you know, what you want to do if you're doing 20 of these, because then it becomes overwhelming. And then the logical next step is to start building out your team a little bit more. But we basically just have a couple people on standby to handle all those issues. And then they also communicate with our cleaner. And and then we have a black backup cleaner, which is something that we learned is really necessary um, because you never know, you know, what's going to happen. And our cleaner actually did uh, end up going to the hospital, but didn't communicate that to us. And we didn't know. And so we had to kind of, scramble and we were fortunate to be able to figure it out but that was a great lesson um 
but yeah, just because we just have these two in Rosford right now, it, it's very simple because they're also in the same building. Um, we have a supply closet that works the same for both. So it's really simple. Um, and our cleaner has also been taking care of uh, replenishing our supplies and all that. So it doesn't require any extra effort from, from our size. Nice. And I think it was about four years ago where I first really saw the short-term rental space mm. at scale. And I was really impressed with the automation. Like right now, somebody moves out of a rent law property. It is not automatically, boom, send this cleaner and do that. And mm. it's like, okay, somebody moved out. Let's just go see if they actually did. <laughs> Yes. Let's start there yeah. in a 12 monthly. Okay. And they've been there for five years. We're not sure. Um, you know, did they move out? And now if you're a good property manager, you were already in there every three months. That's what I recommend on 12 month rentals. Just go through there every three months. The number one thing people ask is what are you doing? Like, you know, there's the dog fighting ring in the basement. Well, there is, there shouldn't be one for any more than three months <laughs> because you got to be in there. Yeah. So the automation, I mean, there's, there's, it's capturing loud noises that could be saying uh, that there's parties, certainly the door locks and any security, um, the, the, the instructions once in the, in the apartment. So what I just want to say, like, it, it's cool to see how the, how, how, how the folks basically hacking the short-term rental space, there's a lot that can be applied to the 12 month rental space. Oh yeah. That, that, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's very innovative. So you market on the th top three that gets into the software. And then when you have a move, like a resident moving in, moving out, a guest, I guess you would call them. That's, is that automatically talking to the cleaner? Yes. And yep. So as long as everything's going well and it's not a 12 foot ceiling with a little old lady that, that, you know, isn't going to get on a yeah. six foot ladder that wouldn't be there anyway. Um, it's yeah. yeah, but it's, it's still good to keep an eye on things because we have had software hiccups. Okay. Right. Where there was a disconnection with communication and we had a guest show up. Um, and the place wasn't cleaned in time because the message didn't go out. So, you know, doing a, a, a just looking at the calendar and checking in with your cleaner once a week and being like, hey, did you see these next three guests mm -hmm. coming in? Um, and we've been able to catch a couple of issues by doing that. But yeah, generally speaking, if the technology is working, then it's it gives you a lot of peace of mind and allows you to be efficient. Um, and, you know. There's nothing worse than showing up to an Airbnb that's dirty. Yeah, sure. That's that's been our so. So, the uh, we're going to share the link uh, on what you've what you've created because it's a lot of. I think also other people say, Rob, why aren't you just doing this with your own team? And my answer is like, you need the nuances. You you know, riches and niches, and the way you set these up and you take the photography and, and all that, I don't know whom else you could hire. Right. Cause we've talked about this before. You wouldn't do it if you weren't like having it, having it for the long term, Right. And not everybody has this eye for these. And I think that 
you know, what you're, what you're basically sharing is even in a small market, I mean, you're talking about a town of 4,000 people. Now it's around much larger towns. Yeah. Uh, you can, it can still work, but you better be the top. Yeah. You better be the most sought after. Yeah. It's really what it is. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of people coming through yeah. and yeah. So, I mean, we, one of the more flattering reasons people come out or it's because they're from Philadelphia and they're like, I just need a little weekend getaway and your place was beautiful and clean. So I thought it'd be really nice and just hang out in a small town. We've had a writer come one time, spend a month to write work on a book. Um, you know, but then a lot of people are coming through because of work and around the holidays, people always come in because they want to be with their family, but they don't want to sleep with them. Right. Like they don't want to stay at the house, which yeah. I was surprised about. I never really thought about that, but I like the idea now. Uh, we launched these during COVID. Yeah. Right. It was still lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. How important are the reviews? They're everything. Yeah. That's like, that's because people will read them. Um, you know, so even like we'll have times where we'll, we'll get like a four star and they'll complain about something. And maybe it was because we had to have the cleaner come in last minute and do something because they didn't know, like people are on you and they're, they're happy to give that feedback, right? Like they're going to be honest because they, it's an interesting kind of uh, ecosystem where all the guests, they want to make sure that other guests are taken care of and they right. will call you out on everything. Um, so it, it really helps in keeping you accountable too. And if you don't make those fixes and address the issues, then you're not going to last very long. Um, or you'll just be sitting at the bottom of the barrel and maybe getting a couple bookings, you know, a year or whatever. If you get a four star, can you, can you, is there a methodology to reach out to see if they can rescore you? Yeah. So you can, we can reach out and just have a conversation with them and try to make it right. And, uh, ask them like, is there any way or anything else we could do to get you to change it to a five star? Um, and it's worked. Um, but then sometimes it doesn't and that, that's okay too, but that's the lesson is don't, give them a reason to give you a four star. Um, and when we first started, our prices were a little bit lower and that came back to, it got us a lot of reviews quickly, but it, it bit us in the butt because the quality of the guests was a little lower too, because there were apparently some questionable things happening in, in our one place at one time. And, you know, it definitely pushes it, you know, it's worth being a little more expensive because, the people who want to do things that might not be good for your property right. or your neighbors, um, they're going to go for the cheaper, quick, you know, simple in and out. And they don't really care about anything else. If anybody wants to know, just reach out. I'll, I'll let them know what may or may not have happened. I don't know. It's pretty funny looking back now. And yeah. Kind I, of, I, kind of not, time but we can't not recording it, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because there is, so let's talk about some risks. We, we we'll wrap this up in a couple minutes. So yeah, we had we had basically illegal activity going in on one, and you got it resolved. But it but it would and could affect negatively on the other residents there on just the activity that's going in these right. bringing people right. In. Yeah, and it's the you know it's the cameras at the door, it's the electronics lots, it's being it it it, it it's is there a screening that you do? There was. Or is it really just whomever wants to book? And you see if they have any reviews. Yeah, that's, I mean, what, what are, what are the red flags to look for? 
if they are brand new to Airbnb okay. and they have no reviews. That's okay. like if we want to be really safe, then we just turn them down. Okay. That's, that, that's the safest thing to do. And then obviously if you're reading the reviews and there's anything even questionable, then you, you take it seriously because hosts also want to protect other hosts at the same right. time, right? Like I don't want anything that's happened in our place to happen to anyone else. Yeah. Um, so like if, if, if it's coming from like booking.com or VRBO, that's also, um, that makes it a little harder because you can't really kind of vet that. So it's a little bit, so you can, you can then look at what it, what are they communicating? Like we have, we ask them through an automatic message, like what, what brings you to town? What are you, what are you going to be doing here? Um, and just try to strike up a conversation and by the language they use or maybe how short it is or the lacks of lack of punctuation or whatever, you can draw your own conclusions, which may or may not be fair, but it all goes back to ultimately just protecting the asset and the experience. Got it. Cause they're not going to just say I'm running a, either a brothel or a meth lab. Right. Got it. No, yeah, makes sense. No, but I mean, yeah, go ahead. So it's lucrative. I, I don't see a downside when it's set up well. Uh, with 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 good intentions, and for for uh, from from the investor perspective, I like the diversification of it. And if a twenty percent increase in, in 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 rents, right? Because you have to make it worth something for the landlord, right? To take on the risk, and that seems to be a number that works. Um, you know, I've been really happy with the relationship. Just wanted you to really appreciate your time coming on, coming on the show and, and sharing some of your, your experience. I think at this point in time, you're good with what you have in terms of the short-term rental space, right? But um, we yeah. could put your contact information out there. You are, uh, do you want to talk, spend just a, a minute on what other things that you're involved in with your, with your photography business? Yeah. Yeah. We do. Um, we're photographers and we have a, a video business and then also a photo booth rental business. So on the creative side of things, that's what we do. And then on the investing side, um, all of our other properties are long-term rentals and single family homes. So that's where our main focus is in, in that regard. So a lot of, a lot of balls in the air, but it's, it's a lot of fun and we have a great team, which makes it possible. Awesome. Yeah. Michael, always a pleasure to connect with you, my friend. And, and thank you for your time. You're welcome, bud. Have a good one. Michael and I were just saying, we, as we recap the interview, we're back to it. Bonus section. Bonus. <laughs> give, give him the pearl, Michael. What, 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 what dawned on you? Uh, the fact that short-term rental, when you're doing arbitrage, is, is a really good segue into real estate investing because the cost is a lot lower. So I mentioned that putting $50,000 to buy a house outright and then go through and give it a, a try is a lot different than spending $10,000, let's say, to set up your own place, do the rental arbitrage. It's a 12-month commitment. I mean, someone like you, who probably would have been okay with a six or eight-month commitment, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go about it, but it definitely makes it a, a, a less scarier jump um, going this route than any other. I think that's a great. I think that's a great point. Now, what it doesn't have that that is important for the long game of real estate is really the balance sheet, right, with the depreciation and all that. But I think it's a wonderful. It's, 
wonderful like first step and then somebody could really scale this out which has been done around the country some really serious operators right then the what I, what else i would add to that is now you and i know each other now we've done some yeah. deals together right we did one where we did a joint venture i i paid the 6000 yeah right it and then and then we got we had one good month and we had one not month i said ooh for me, I just I'd rather have a slightly less return, but the consistent returns, right? That's what my investors and I are really looking for that consistency. And you said, no problem. I'll buy back the furniture from you. I'll do it. We'll 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 do it kind of the old, the the original way. And then you brought to me, what was that? Like a 10 unit building? Yeah. Uh, down the street yeah. from you that hit the market. And you said, yo, can can we joint venture on this? And and we're doing a lot of joint ventures right now. And that deal, we I said you can't buy it for this price, right? Like, it, and and somebody else bought it for that price. Hopefully, with more education, less people will be overpaying yeah. for the real estate, right? right. And True. now we know each other, and yeah. I think that's that's part of uh, that's part of the fun of real estate is yeah. to invest together, get to know other people, and yeah. you know, one and one can make three, four, five. Yeah. And that just grows over time. And you've also been kind enough to do some fr some freelance work, right? With with that camera, and now we just yeah, yeah it just it just starts it's, rolling. So yeah, we're we're friends. That's 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 one of the benefits. And and it's also hard uh, when we tried getting into the local real estate scene back in the day. It, it it is fairly difficult. Yeah, there's meetups you can go to and all that, but it's it, the, that at that level, it's kind of everyone just saying like, what can you do for me? And it's mm. not as much about just kind of building relationships at face value and, and looking for joint ventures necessarily, because you're at a whole other level than a lot of people. Um, so I was able to skip five, 10 years worth of time by finding someone like you who, who not just has integrity and is a good human being, but you're just operating at a completely different level than a lot of like mom pops. So that's kind of the other benefit too in, in reaching out to people like you. Because even if you saw that email and you're like, maybe it's shady, we still would have connected and we still would have probably created some rapport and, you know, and here we are in each other's life still. I love, I'm glad we hit record again. That was cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. so, till next time, everybody. Later. Thank you for listening to Living Well with Rentwell. We hope you loved that episode. Please be sure to head over to our website at rentwell.com backslash vision. We're giving away our free program called Vision Through Purposeful Action. If you're a busy person, if you struggle with finding the time and priorities, or if you're experiencing procrastination and overwhelm, this free course will help you with that. We wish you a blessed day. Thank you for tuning in and check in later.